my first Numero Uno podcast. For a little introduction, my name is Kirsten. I'm 25 and doing tech sales in San Francisco. Very cliche, I know. I'll kick off right away by saying I'm not a scientist, journalist, or researcher. What I am is skeptical of all the healthy guidelines and fads that seem to change every single day. So I'm currently sifting through all of the health marketing nonsense to try and figure out what is actually healthy and what's not. It sounds like it should be a very easy concept. Apples are healthy, pizza not so much. But as we're also painfully aware, health is not so black and white. I mean, just think of all the contradictions we're told. Milk builds strong bones. All dairy is bad and should be avoided. Juicing is the best way to get all your nutrients. Juicing is terrible and contains way too much sugar. Health bars and protein bars are great snacks. Oh yeah, health bars also have 20 million grams of sugar in them. Come on, people, get it together. At the end of the day, we're all a bit confused and annoyed about what in the world a healthy diet is, and our lives are too busy with work, attempting to work out all the time, and also stumbling through the weekend with too much vino, to dedicate the time to research the latest health findings to check their science. Luckily, and weirdly enough, I love reading, listening, and watching all things health to figure out the why behind these claims. Why should I order a whole milk latte? I thought non-fat vanilla lattes were so in right now. So, as I'm stumbling my way through all of this information, This podcast, or all of my podcasts, I'll be condensing and sharing all of the fun facts with you. Feeling lucky yet? All right, for the first episode, I'm going to talk about fat. Mm -hmm. Yummy, okay. Mm -hmm. So, back to this latte situation. Yes, you heard me right. Dump your non-fat vanilla latte for a whole milk latte. Why? Because fat is really good for you and because fat doesn't make you fat. Weird stuff, right? I've actually known this for a while because I read a little something here or someone told me about something there. So I started cooking with coconut oil and continued on with my guacamole and avocado obsession with a little less guilt. But I never actually understood how misleading the health advice on fat is. And if fat is healthy, then why is there all this stuff out there telling me fat is bad and a swap for non-fat yogurt and low-fat milk? Well, <clears throat> I did the research. I learned that the whole fat is bad fad is pretty similar to something you would watch in a reality TV show with sketchy studies, pride and egotistical personalities, and hidden agendas of big companies who want to make money. No surprise there. I'd pretty much compare it to my guilty pleasures, Real Housewives of Orange County and Vanderpump Rules, where some situations are so ridiculous you feel like it can't actually be real, can it? All right, so I read a ton of different articles and books around fat from people like Robert Nass, Gary Tobbs, John Meadows, the list goes on, but a large chunk of the information I'm going to summarize today was pulled from this huge book written by Nina Teschels called The Big Fat Surprise. It took her nine years to write this book because she went back through a ton of scientific studies and interviewed many of the main players on both the pro-fat and the anti-fat side multiple times. All right, I know, I'm getting to it. So let's jump in. 
The best way to describe how the fat fad started is to take a little stroll down memory or, you know, history lane and walk through the sequence of events that caused the perfect storm to result in this huge dietary shift of the American diet. <clears throat> so I broke it down for you guys into five overarching events. The first, there was an insane spike in heart disease across America. It went from a few cases in the 1900s to the leading cause of death by the 1950s. So even people who are extremely fit and healthy were dropping dead of heart attacks. So Americans were basically just freaking out trying to figure out what the heck was causing it. This brings me to number two. While all of this was going on, big sugar companies started to feel the heat when all these negative effects and symptoms from sugar consumers started coming to light. So, just like what you'd expect from a younger sibling or one of the house rides of Orange County, instead of taking responsibility, they shifted the blame and pointed fingers to fat. On top of that, and this is where it gets pretty comical, scientists obviously needed money to conduct their studies and do these clinical trials, right? So who in the nutrition space has a lot of money and interest in the results of these studies? I'm sure you guessed already since I pretty much set you up with that answer, but yes, the sugar conglomerates like Coca-Cola and Nestle dumped a shit ton of money into funding these studies. So this not only gave them control on how the studies were conducted, but it also gave them control on how the studies were reported. So they were picking and choosing the important results. I know, this seriously sounds like a conspiracy theory, but it actually still happens today. So I was super stoked to find that out. <clears throat> All right, on to number three. The death toll kept rising, which created desperate scientists and led to bad decision-making. Kind of like texting your ex after three Long Island iced teas. Maybe wait until tomorrow, or, you know, never. So... With not a single proven study done, these desperate scientists decided to tell everyone that eating saturated fat is bad. Think red meat, butter, milk, and cheese, and to cut out eggs to lower cholesterol. It literally took 30 years before they did a large-scale formal scientific trial around saturated fat which was way after all the events I'm gonna walk you through right now, and definitely way too late. Seriously, you had one job, people. Okay, on to number four. This led to a huge ripple effect of changes in the American diet, or a butterfly effect, if you've ever seen that really creepy movie with Ashton Kutcher. So, how did it change? So you have your three macronutrients, right? You have fat, protein, and carbs. But with fat, especially saturated fat, being the new devil's food to avoid, it obviously needed to be replaced with something since, you know, we get hungry and need energy. But, of course, in America, we go big, so there was actually two main replacements. The first fat replacement was swapping out cooking with butter and animal fat to cooking with vegetable oils. This doesn't seem super weird now, but at the time, vegetable oils hadn't been used in an edible capacity. They were used to make soaps, candles, waxes, cosmetics. So unless people were snacking on their soap bar in the shower, vegetable oils were completely new to their diet. The weird thing is, 
we didn't cook with vegetable oils for a reason. They're unstable and they oxidize or basically go rancid easily when heated. Yep, when heated. Yet they decided it was a good idea to cook with them. This causes all sorts of bad things in your body like inflammation. And inflammation in the body leads to diseases such as obesity, heart disease, and cancer. So yeah, way too many Long Island iced teas for whoever decided to cook with vegetable oils. The second replacement of fat was swapping out meats, especially fatty red meats, cheese, milk, and eggs with carbs. Think switching a breakfast of eggs and bacon to oatmeal or cereal. So we pretty much all know uh, carbs are bad by now, but in 1995, the American Health Association actually recommended people should, and this is a quote from a publication, quote, reduce fat and choose snacks from other food groups such as low-fat cookies, low-fat crackers, unsalted pretzels, hard candy, sugar, syrup, honey, jam, jelly, and marmalade. Seriously sounds like diet from Buddy the Elf. So yeah, reason number one, not to always trust what you read. One job, people, one job. All right, so this brings me to my last event. So scientists who just didn't fall in line and accept the fat is bad conclusion found by the scientists before them, which by the way is what scientists are supposed to do, were actively discredited, bullied, ignored, and shunned from the scientific community. Like I said earlier, it sounds more like the Real Housewives than reality. So one lady, Mary Enig, was an early researcher on margarine and Crisco and the negative effects of trans fat. So during this time, which was really the beginning of the fat is bad fad, people from margarine would actually call and show up at her work to harass and bully her into stopping her research and making these claims against margarine. Which, if you don't know, by the way, margarine is basically a chemically engineered fake fat. Um, So even a scientist, George Mann, who was previously well-respected across the community, spoke at a bunch of scientific conferences, was completely shut out when he started speaking against these conclusions and was cut off from funding for any further research. So you can see how it's really hard for any other opinion to emerge with these big playground bullies on the loose. All right, so that concludes that nightmare of events. Finally, studies that proved that fat were good were able to emerge some 60-plus years later. So really, at the end of the day, when these scientists jumped to conclusions on fat being bad, they changed the entire American diet completely without any evidence. So basically, since 1961, the American population was a lab rat for a gigantic experiment which obviously steered us in the completely wrong direction. Studies prove that every reliable indicator of good health is worsened by a low-fat diet, whereas diets high in fat have been shown time and time again in large clinical trials to lead to improved measures for heart disease, blood pressure, diabetes, and are better for your weight. So, now that that cover is blown... Let's talk about the six top benefits of fat and why it's okay to up your bacon intake and a really good idea to decrease your bread obsession. 
Number one, carbs keep you fat. When you eat carbs, your body secretes insulin. Insulin blocks your cells from their normal process of releasing fat so that your muscle can burn that fat. So if you rarely eat carbs, you allow yourselves to, your cells to release the fat and recover between those surges of insulin that happen when you eat the carbs. Unfortunately, we're surrounded by snacks that are filled with carbs, especially refined carbs, so you're constantly blocking your cells from releasing and burning fat. So resisting is key, people. Okay, number two. When you eat fat and you cut carbs, you burn fat. Bacon can help you burn fat. Such a hard concept for us to take in, I know. But our bodies basically switch back and forth between all the fuel sources it has access to. And obviously that's based on what you're putting in your body, so what you're eating. So when we lack carbs in our diet, our body switches from burning carbs because they aren't there to burning our stored fat for fuel and energy. Also, dietary fat itself is the nutrient that's least likely to make you fat. And that's because it's the only macronutrient that doesn't stimulate the production of insulin. So, eating fat does not make you fat. Mind blown. Number three. Studies done prove that patients on low-carb, high-fat diets not only lost weight, but also saw symptoms of other health problems disappear too. Some of these include heart disease, high blood pressure, diabetes, and depression. So, of course, you know, we want to look good and be skinny, but eat fat and live longer, people. Okay, number four. So a few cultures studied such as the Inuit, Maasai, and Native American cultures, had diets that consisted of meat, milk, (laughs) and very disgustingly, blood, with zero carbs and also zero or very little veggies. And while they didn't suffer from any of the major diseases like cancer, heart disease, and the autoimmune diseases Western cultures were suffering from. However, one of One section of the Inuit tribe in a a different location started to consume flour, sugar, and rice instead of their traditional food, and their health declined, and these diseases started to pop up. The other major chronic disease that would pop up in similar populations where they would change from their traditional diet is with the coming of refined carbs. So essentially... Uh, cancer popped up and went from a rare case, or sorry, went from rare cases to a common killer whenever these populations began consuming sugar and white flour. So while this doesn't prove that fat and meat are the cure, it definitely removes them from being the cause. All right, number five. Animal fats, especially red meat, are nutrient dense and contain a lot of vitamins your body needs. But not only that, there are also vitamins in your body that can't actually absorb if you don't eat them with fat. So a few of these include vitamin A, D, E, and K. So basically, add some meat and avocado to your kale salad, top it off with a little drizzle of avocado oil to absorb all of that good nutrients from from all the other veggies. All right, number six. Lauric acid. 
So lauric acid is found in breast milk. I know, it's kind of awkward to think about, so just don't. It's also found in coconut milk and coconut oil. And lauric acid is shown to fight bad bacteria, reduce inflammation in the body, and to strengthen your liver. So cook with coconut oil, people. All right, those are the fabulous six reasons you should cut carbs and add butter, meat, cheese, and eggs to your diet. One thing I'll also know is that America is really shitty when it comes to producing food. Make sure the food that you're buying is high quality and don't buy the cheap stuff or the Foster Farms type foods just to save money. Luckily, I live in San Francisco. I can actually drive to the farm where the market right next to my house gets some of its eggs, milk, cheese, and meat. But if you aren't as lucky, just make sure you're getting the good stuff. I mean, we've come this far. All right, that's a wrap, people. Enjoy some more bacon, and as much as it hurts me to say, avoid the pizza and ranch. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at TLDR101, and I'll see you next time for another podcast with some fun facts.